You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. gentlemen welcome once again to the packernet podcast i am your host and resident panelist as always ryan schlipp check us out online packernet.com find me on twitter pack underscore that app um i see some people reaching out like oh man i can't wait for your rage pod or whatever tomorrow uh i don't think there's gonna be one today um i mean you never know i don't know how these things are gonna turn out i don't really control it you know happens organically but I just, I don't, I don't want to say I don't care, but I, I don't care. Um, I'm just, I'm at a loss. It's probably one of the stages of grief. I don't know, but it's, 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 you watched it and it's almost for me anyways, I watched it and just went, yeah, that's about right. It was everything I said, but to a, a, a greater extreme as far as the offense and just not knowing what they can do um, against this style of defense. It's not obviously it's not just the style, but that made it much worse. Do you guys notice how they didn't stack the box like once? Every single time I watched them, I'm like, oh wow, there's a nice look to run into, but they didn't need to because they have a really good defensive front. So, but I mean, it was it was what I said, but but just way worse, way worse. And the worst part about it is, I wanted to be able to come on here, and there was a period of time, what almost three quarters, where. I wanted to come on here and say the offense is a problem, but man, that defense is for real. Special teams looks real good. But the bad was so bad. You know, I mean, I, I thought special teams was phenomenal, but the two times they were bad, it was inexcusable. A blocked field goal and a blocked punt for a touchdown. Also, when we got that 15-yard penalty and it was a beautiful kick, you know, you were able to kind of give your guys time to get down the field and, and make a stop, kind of work to our advantage, except they still got to the 30-yard line. I thought we had probably that kick return. I don't even remember. Who was that? Nixon? I don't even know, but that was probably the best kick return I've seen in three years. But I can't... I, in a day when, you know, 90% of everything on special teams was really solid and I want to be happy about it, it was one of the worst special teams performances I've seen. And so it's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say we have a bad special teams because it's like one freaking guy doesn't know his assignment and it makes everything horrible. But um, same with defense. It was, it was everything we wanted it to be. It was, it was tight coverage. It was physical. It was fast. It was, it was perfect. And, I, and I, I, I'm willing to give them a pass. And, I, and who knows? Why not? I mean, it's something positive here. Why not give them a pass? Because what the heck were they fighting for? Oh, they gave up. Yeah, so did I, by the way. So did you. You're telling me you were sitting there in the fourth quarter like, we got this. No, you gave up. And they gave up. And you can say that's unacceptable if you want, but... how? And, and I've been saying this all year. How many times do we have to look at the defense and say, come on, one more time, one more time, come on, one more time. Every single game, every single year, they have a great stop. And then the offense goes three and out. And then they have a great stop. And then the offense, you know... They don't get points, and then they give a great stop, and then you know. it's every freaking game this year. And yeah, in, in, in the fourth quarter, after it became very clear that our offense was completely inept, the only touchdown they were able to get was after we got bailed out twice with penalties. 
I mean, even our starting field position was phenomenal. There was like three drives in a row. We were starting with great field position, and we couldn't get points out of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the defense a little bit of a pass. I know the tackling sucked down, down the stretch. Maybe it had something to do with being tired. I don't know. I mean, as, as much as our offense couldn't keep them off the field, their offense is also getting off the field pretty quick, so they kind of had time to rest. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't care. I, I, I know the defense came out fired up. They were motivated. They played hard. They played fast. They played physical. They, they, everything was great, and they lost motivation down the stretch, and, and maybe that's not acceptable. I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to give them a pass on it. They gave up 27 points, and once again, seven of those points were not their fault. So they gave up 20 points, and the vast majority of that came down the stretch when the game was over and the defense stopped caring. And the tackling was bad, and the assignment integrity was bad, and everything else was bad, and it started to implode. I'm, I, I, I would be willing to bet a lot of money that if the offense at least kept it competitive, the defense would have done a better job. If this was actually, hey, we're counting on you, we're coming back, we got this, I think the defense does a better job. But there wasn't. The, the offense... You know, again, they're making stops. Offense has an opportunity and they blow it. And then they blow it again. And then they blow it again. And then they blow it again. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm happy giving the defense a pass. But it doesn't matter because the offense is the worst thing I've ever seen. And the hardest part about this, this would be easier if we just had a bad team. And what I mean by that is a lack of talent. Because in that case, you look at it and go, you know what? It's time to tear down and rebuild. We can't say that. Because what are you going to rebuild to? This is a young team stacked, loaded with, with young talent. What, are you going to tear down and rebuild the exact same team all over again? You're going to get a new Hall of Fame quarterback and a great running back duo and two top-tier tackles? And that's not what a rebuild is. A rebuild is a team that, that the only talent are the really old, expensive guys. And you're like, let's cut bait on the old, expensive guy. We'll, we'll you know, pay the, the few core pieces we have, and we'll, we'll try to build from the ground up. We need... Everything. The Bears are a great example. The Bears had Khalil Mack. Okay, well, we're, we're going to cut Khalil. We're going to get rid of, you know, Trevathan, and we're going to get rid of Akeem Hicks and Allen Robinson. These guys don't make any sense. We're not, we're not competitive right now. We don't have a lot of talent aside from these guys. So let's cut bait on those. What are we going to do? We're going to cut bait on Jair? And what? Replace him with Jair? This doesn't make any sense. I don't know what you do in this situation because I don't remember ever seeing a situation like this where a team is so loaded with talent and can't do anything. And you say, well, the offense doesn't have talent. Look at what they did. Yes, they, they do. It's not a lack of talent when you don't know who to block. I've never seen so many guys come unblocked. This is a lack of motivation. It's a lack of heart. It's a lack of caring. A.J. Dillon had two drops and a fumble. That's not a talent issue. Wide receivers have drops. Aaron Rodgers throwing bad passes. This, this isn't a lack of ability. You think Rodgers can't throw good passes and the wide receivers can't pass and the offensive line can't block? I mean, maybe in Royce's case, that's the case. And I'm getting to the point to think that Elton Jenkins can't block, but I don't know what the guy can do. But it, it's not a talent issue. There's no... <laughs> I, I don't know where else to put the blame, but right at the feet of Matt LaFleur. This team is not ready to play. They, they, they don't care. They don't have any heart. They don't have any passion. They, they just, I don't know. I've never seen something so disorganized and jumbled and pathetic. And I'm actually looking forward to going back and rewatching this and doing it live because I just, I want to call it out by name every single time somebody is just a complete idiot. I don't know how you can be an offensive lineman 
for as long as these guys have been offensive linemen starting in high school, all through college, you get to the NFL, this is all you do. This is all you do. You're an offensive lineman. Understanding your assignments in, in your scheme, in your language, communicating with each other, understanding who to block, and you can't figure that out over and over and over and over. And I've been harping on this and harping on this and harping on this about the lack of passion and actually caring enough to put in the work, not just barely enough, not just what's what's minimally required, showing up to the meetings, go out and, and jog around in shorts for an hour and go home and play video games. You know, does anybody give a crap? Again, just coming back to, you know, we, we hear you talk about wanting to win a Super Bowl, but I don't see it. Who, who looked like they cared out there? Who looked like they wanted it? I'm not talking about the defense. I'm looking square at the offense. I, I, I could count the P- Rashawn Gary, uh, Jair. Stokes had one blown play. Amos was flying around. I thought he looked great. Preston, I thought, looked pretty good. Jaron Reed had a couple good plays. I mean, the guys up front were getting it done. Thought Quay was fine until the second half, and it just completely crumbled. But he he would he looked you know at least a couple times pretty fast and physical. I at least noticed it once or twice, which is more than I saw at all last week. Campbell is is still a problem. The the guys consistently seeing him lose around the edge and having to see a safety or corner come out and bail him out. He is uh, there's there's nothing interesting or redeemable uh, about him that I can see. The linebackers in general, I just think, are bad. But, uh, but but again, this isn't even the defense. The defense was doing its job. The defense was doing fine. Even if it's just the defensive tackles and the DBs, fine. Whatever it takes, get the job done. But offensively, who gave a crap? I saw Bakhtiari lose. I consistently saw Runyon lose. I saw Myers lose. I, Royce, I haven't seen him make a block all year. Elton, is if, 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 if he's not... I mean, if he actually wins a block, he's getting penalized for it. Granted, I think that holding penalty was garbage. I mean, all the stuff that these referees let go, and this is one where his hand happened to be there. I spent an entire, uh, what was it, after the Bears game or whatever, everybody's screaming. I think it was Tampa Bay game. Everybody's screaming about all the holds and everything. And I'm like, you know, if it doesn't actually impede their progress, uh, whatever, let it go. It, he, he barely did anything. And if you watch it in, in full speed, he didn't impede Jack squat. He had his hand around his shoulder because that's normal. And as soon as he tried to break to the outside, he let him go. I don't, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Elton Jenkins didn't play well. AJ Dillon was terrible. Aaron Jones, I don't know. I'm not going to say he was terrible. He had his one big play that obviously was negated by a penalty. He was kind of slipping and sliding on the field. I have no idea what Juwan Winfrey was doing. I'm, I, uh, Amari says something when Amari Rogers is one of the best players on the team on the offense. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him. I don't know the exact extent. I should probably look around. But usually when a player leaves injured and is crying when he leaves the field, it's not a great sign. I do see uh, he avoid a, avoided a major injury, but the severity is unknown, it says. Here we go. Ian Rappaport. Um, Randall Cobb did not break his ankle. X-rays were negative. Sources said he suffered a potential high ankle sprain, but we'll have a MRI. So, uh, yeah, get get prepared to see Amari Rodgers. And, and I'll be honest, I'm glad that we have Amari in this spot. I know everybody hates him and wants him off the team for some reason. I, I'll, I'll never understand the full reason for the hatred. He's, he's very, I mean, of, of all the things, Elton Jenkins annoyed me more today than, than Amari probably has in just about any other game. I know a fumbled punt is annoying, obviously, but I mean, Amari makes one mistake in a game, and it's like, this guy should be in prison. Elton Jenkins 
didn't mess up a he, he didn't do a single thing right all day and it's like well he's fine he's a he's a premier tackle in the league but i don't know i mean i i i was what what, what was it last week or two weeks ago i kind of said they have to kind of prove anything moving forward for me to change my opinion i haven't changed my opinion this is i i think if anything i just i have a lesser opinion i thought that they were better than this um because literally everyone is better than this. This is this is horrible. Um, my my new opinion is that this is a terrible football team. Um, I mean, we ju- we just lost. We we are zero and two in the easiest part of our schedule. Think about that. This is the easiest part of our schedule. We've gone zero and two right now. Giants and Jets, and we've got Washington coming up. And I have no reason to believe we're going to beat Washington. And in fact, I've made money two weeks in a row now betting the under because I have no idea why Vegas is so stupid putting so many points on the Packers. I see they haven't set the line yet. I was I was about to hammer that real hard if they had left that up. It looks like every, it's hilarious, every other game next week, they do have a line set. They took that one off. I wonder why. Probably because the Vegas odd make, odds makers shut that down, and they're like, no, we got to reevaluate this one. All the games next week, it's it's a noon game. All the other games, every single one, well, not not Bears in New England, which is the the Monday night game, but every other game, they've got their odds up. Not the Packers game, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to take their money three weeks in a row. It looks like, but I'll be interested to see uh, if we're. I mean, I'm assuming we're favorites. I don't know. I don't even know at this point. But again, it's it's still the same thing. It's wait and see. But wait and see what? And and again, the the craziest thing is I don't I don't know what you do here. That which is why I just put it at the feet of Matt Lafleur. I mean, you have the team. Well, we don't have everything. We don't have good enough wide receivers. BS. Again, I'm so sick of the lame excuses. Don't have good enough wide receivers. That has nothing to do with not being able to score any points. A field goal and a and a touchdown that was basically two penalties and one throw. Like one good back shoulder throw. Rodgers had two really nice throws in this game. Both of them were force feeding Alan Lazard. That's all he's got at this point in his career. The constant trying to drive the ball down the field over and over and over, and I'm so freaking sick of it, and I'm so sick of saying that I'm sick of it. Well, we got to be able to do it. No, you got to be able to move the ball down the field. Why don't you worry about getting a touchdown first, and then after a while, figure out a a, a way to expand what your offense is doing because you're too one-dimensional. But in the meantime... How about when there's a wide open space of nine yards that you can run for? Just take the yards. Don't get cute and try to throw a freaking pass to a blanketed Alan Lazard that ends up getting punched out because the guy's standing right there. Just run and get the yards. How about on a third and one, we don't run a play action and again, try to force feed our wide receivers. Just run the freaking ball. I literally said, don't get too cute, right? Right on that third and one. Don't get too cute. Don't get too cute. And I see the play action, and I immediately just said, this isn't going to go very well. Sure enough, ball hits the ground. And then we almost, almost didn't get it on fourth down because Aaron Jones slipped and fell. Unfortunately, was able to stay up just long enough to get across the line. And everything, everything at this point is just a lame excuse. Everything is. I'm seeing Aaron Rodgers saying, we got to simplify because guys aren't able to execute. I, I think that's BS. You have to simplify. Why do you have to simplify? These are not... I mean, we're, we're going to pretend... That a stunt is is too hard for you to figure out how to execute? They're running a stunt and you don't know how to block and we got to simplify the offense? What are you talking about? These are excuses. This isn't a team full of rookies. 
Everybody on that offensive line has been here for over a year. Aaron Rodgers has been here for decades. Mercedes Lewis has been here forever. He let a guy come free. He just decides he's going to go like run some weird route like he thought it was a screen. It wasn't. What are we talking about? This 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 is this is stupid. I'm not I'm I'm not going for it. Well, we need better wide receivers or we need a new quarterback or we need to simplify the offense or we need this or we need this or we need that. No, you need to shut up and play better. Play better. Care, try harder. Apparently Rodgers made a comment, I need to play a tick better. Nah, a little more than a tick, bud. And it sure as heck isn't just you. I I I feel for Rodgers a little bit because yeah, he's in a tough spot. You have no time and your receivers are going to be blanketed best of luck. And yeah, he, he he's annoying because when it gets to that point, he just does this thing where his passes are, are off target and he wants to force feed guys, especially down the field. And so now we get the best of both worlds. We get, we get the absolute worst of Aaron Rodgers because everything around him is collapsing. But because everything is always constantly collapsing in every game, all game, and he has no ability to do anything other than play hero ball, this is what we get to watch. We get to watch this version of the Packers every single week because the offensive line is not getting better and the wide receivers aren't getting any more open. And yeah, the, the, the guys are doing a good enough job getting open as far as schematically, but but yeah, man coverage, they can't do it. And I'm, I'm I, for the first time in my life ever, I'm sitting here going, yeah, I think OBJ would probably help. But at the same time, why bother? OBJ would be a solid option if you if you just have people playing you man across the board and you want a guy to just run away from man coverage, just he'll he'll dominate that. He's got that. Just run and just run away from people. He'll crush that. But we have way too many problems to think that one wide receiver who's nowhere near what he was at his peak is going to fix this. So, I mean, if you want to do it, fine, but we're so far in, we're so far away from being one wide receiver away. I, I would like them to prove that they're one wide receiver. If, if I'm Gutekunst I'm, I'm, and, and Matt LaFleur comes in my office and says, I think we need to take a shot at OBJ, that's my response. Prove to me that that's actually going to make all the difference. Because I'm watching these guys not being ready to play, and I'm putting that on your plate, and you're going to sit here and pretend that it's my fault, that I didn't get you enough pieces? I'm going to smack you in the mouth. Get out of my office. Get these guys ready to play. Show me a competent football team, and I'll consider getting you another weapon. Another weapon. Piece after piece after piece after piece. And we get this all the time. It was the same with Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy. How many freaking pieces do you need? And the fan base loves to blame the GMs. As if, you know, any weakness is unacceptable. Well, we got this one thing that's not right. I don't care. I don't care. I want you to go win. Go talk to me about the Jets pieces. How did the Jets win? Tell me about the Jets offensive line. Tell me about the Jets quarterback, Brees Hall. Give me a break. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to praise him to the hilt because he had a big run at the end of the game when the Packers stopped caring. We have better quarterback, running back, offensive line. They have, like, one good wide receiver who got shut down by Jair. and won the game, though, didn't they? They got a good defensive line. They don't have a pass rusher like Rashawn. They might have a better group across the board, but they don't have Kenny or Rashawn. And as good as their corners are, and I told you they were good, we made them look better than they were, just like we made Brees Hall look better than he was. We made Zach Wilson look better than he was. We make everybody look better than they were. Again, defense made the offense look like garbage in the first half, but nobody remembers that anymore. Now we got all the, all the press conferences going on about how great the Jets looked and everything else. Because all anybody remembers is the fourth quarter when the, when the Packers' defense collapsed and the Packers' offense still didn't care. What do you do? Usually there, there's a pretty clear path. I mean, you, any other team in the division, it's, it's pretty straightforward. 
Vikings are maybe a slightly more complicated thing, but they, they seem to be a, a product of, of their talent for the most part, you know? I mean, they, they have a, a pretty good quarterback. I mean, it's complicated because he tends to fall apart at times, but I, I think he's a good enough quarterback. And if you want to upgrade quarterback, go ahead and upgrade quarterback. But you got Justin Jefferson. He's doing Justin Jefferson things. And, and you've invested in the offensive line and you're get, seeing dividends for that. The offensive line's playing phenomenally. You invested in running back and you get great production from your running backs. You invest in wide receiver, you get production from your wide receivers. When they upgrade an area, that area plays better. That's not happening in Green Bay. We invest in an area that's not doing anything. We have great corners. We don't use them. We pay Aaron Rodgers a billion dollars. We don't get good quarterback play. Well, it's the offensive line's fault. Well, didn't we invest there also? Why isn't that playing better? It's not just that the team's playing bad. It's that everybody's playing below their abilities. That's the problem. Great coaches make bad players look good. Bad coaches make good players look bad. Plain and simple. And I have been the biggest Matt LaFleur defender that you're going to find. But it's, it's almost entirely based on scheme. It's been focused on scheme. He's doing a great job calling plays and doing all that kinds of stuff. Granted, I don't even know how much of it is his influence. Matt, Aaron Rodgers is probably taking control of a lot of what, what we're running. But I have no issue with the scheme and everything that was brought in here. And when things are, are, are executed, it seems to be really, really solid. But it, it has become crystal clear to me the issue... And I hate to say it because I, I don't think we find a better coach than Matt LaFleur in, in terms of what he's able to do, but when you look at the problems we're having now with a lack of motivation, a lack of preparation, and then you look at, again, the issues we've had this whole time in, in the postseason and everything, coming out of a bye week, the lack of focus, the lack of intensity, the lack of drive, the lack of preparedness, these are all Matt LaFleur issues. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here going to bat for the guy every time somebody says he's not a very good coach. Well, look at his record. And it's true, a lot of that is, is to the credit of Matt LaFleur. You've got great pieces, and you call great plays, and you win games. But you don't have your guys playing better than their abilities. They're consistently playing worse than their abilities, especially in critical times. And I have no other, and I, I, I hate to even say it because I really like Matt LaFleur, and I really want him to be here for a long time and to continue doing a, a great job here. But we cannot win. We cannot win like this. There's too much talent not playing up to their abilities. It was the same thing we said about defense, but that was more schematic. The guys are motivated. They're ready to go out and play and, and do everything that they need to do. Granted, they're, they're also missing assignments and everything, but once the scheme got better this week, things did get better. They shut them down, at least for the part of the game that mattered. We shut out the Jets. Completely, completely, completely erased their offense. And, and, you know, if you want to go on Twitter and highlight bad tackling and everything mid-fourth quarter and think that I'm going to care, you're wrong. I don't. Go find your least play favorite player in the first quarter and see what he was doing then, or the second quarter, or heck, halfway through the third quarter. But it's not a lack of motivation on the defense, or even necessarily preparation, although I do think that that was kind of an issue because Joe Barry had to kind of change his scheme because guys weren't doing what they're supposed to do. And now you're even seeing it on special teams. And how many defensive coordinators and special teams coordinators do you have to go through before you realize maybe it's not the coordinators? The team as a whole has a serious problem with general preparation, general motivation. And I don't know where else to lay the blame. Everything is being wasted. Brian Gutekunst has put together a squad loaded, 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 loaded with talent, and I don't want to hear about freaking wide receivers. When they're open and Rodgers doesn't get it to them, 
when they're open and Rodgers gets sacked, when we can't run the ball because the blocking is so horrific, and when the ball finally gets there, it gets dropped. A.J. Dillon getting hit in the forehead with a football. Turnover because of a botched handoff for the second time this year. How does that happen? What do you say? What do you do? Again, you look at the Lions. Well, they suck. Well, yeah, they have a bad quarterback. They still have a little bit of work to do on the offensive line. They've got one good wide receiver. And they drafted a guy that's still hurt. As far as I know, he won't be here for a week, two weeks, three weeks, six weeks. I have no idea. And then at that point, who knows how long it takes him to get up to speed. Although not everybody's the Packers where it takes two years to get everybody up to speed. Sometimes guys come into the NFL and they just do a good job. Not in Green Bay, but sometimes that happens in other places. Defensively, they're a joke. Defensive tackles, pass rushers, you know, Aiden's there, but linebackers, corners, safeties, it's not great. So what's the solution in, in Detroit? Well, they need more pieces. They're, they're so devoid of pieces, they got to keep chipping away at it. And then when they get a little closer, you drop a quarterback in the mix, and then maybe when you get a little bit closer than that and you start, suddenly become a competitive football team, you start looking at serious free agent acquisitions. You know, that's when you take your swing. The Bears, they're in the, the crux of a rebuild, and they're kind of in a tough spot because the Justin Fields thing is tricky, and it's, you know, do you even want to keep him? He's not the guy you drafted. He doesn't seem to have it, although it's hard to evaluate him because things are so bad. I don't know, but the bottom line is they got to figure out who their core pieces are and build around those core pieces. And whether Fields is part of that or not, it's kind of irrelevant. They're not in a position to compete, and they know that. This is year one of a teardown and rebuild. We got rid of everybody, we're a bad football team, and we're going to start the process of adding pieces and becoming a better football team. It's very straightforward. Everything seems pretty straightforward except for one team, and that's the Packers. And, you know, the, the only team you could maybe compare it to would be Tampa Bay. Well, they still got Tom, they still got the wide receivers. Why are they struggling? You know what's different in Tampa Bay? The head coach. They got rid of the head coach that built the team and got them to where they were. He went somewhere else, and he got replaced by a guy with a known terrible track record in Todd Bowles. Great defensive coordinator. He's had success in Arizona as a defensive coordinator. Then he got a head coaching job with the Jets, and it was a disaster. And then he got fired. And then when uh, Arians came back, he said, hey, I want Todd Bowles. Nobody else wanted him because he was a disaster as a head coach. And Arians is like, are you kidding me? He's a great defensive coordinator. Brings him in as a defensive coordinator. They go on to have a ton of success. Arians leaves. Todd Bowles steps up as a head coach. And the team's not as good anymore. Weird. Seems to be a, a pretty important piece in getting the best out of the players you have. Tampa Bay wasn't perfect. Anytime you're the number one defense in football or the number one offense or the number one anything, it's not purely because of talent. Nobody has that much talent. I, I, like I said with the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills defense is not loaded with elite talent from end to end, but the Bills get the most out of the guy. Same with the offense. You think they have the best offensive line in football? I don't think they have the best quarterback, the best offensive line, the best wide receivers. They don't have the best anything, but they got the best offense. Why? Same with the Chiefs. What, do they have a perfect offensive line? Of course not. They lost Tyreek Hill. Doesn't matter. You know why? Because they have a great head coach. The Bills have a great head coach. And again, I feel sick to my stomach even going down this road, but it's, it's just sitting right in front of my face. What else is there? Matt LaFleur is a great play caller. He's done a great job of bringing a, a really good scheme here, and I, I still think he's doing a good job of calling plays and getting guys open. Every time I go watch it, I can see it, but it's not being executed. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. 
That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. The Packers are the anti-Lions. The Lions are a team with no talent, no ability, but man, they fight for their coach. The head coach is literally standing in the middle of his guys crying, and his guys are ready to die for him. And in Green Bay, it's just it's it's such a laid back atmosphere, and I think it's 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 just always been this this team that's had so much ability they don't have to do anything. Rodgers doesn't need the off season, he doesn't need to train, he doesn't need to do anything. It doesn't matter. I can go out and drink drugs or whatever you do. All the guys can go out and party and have fun, and it's just it's just a laid back atmosphere. But we're so loaded with talent, we come out and we win. It's what we do. You know, in Miami, there was an article that came out that kind of made me chuckle because it's such a cliche thing. But the, the players got together and decided to get rid of the ping pong table in the locker room. You know, I'd mentioned that one of the things that always happens for teams is, you know, you, you have a coach kind of like Matt LaFleur that's like a player's coach. He's everybody's buddy. And uh, when things start to go sideways, you hire a new coach and you get the, the hard-nosed guy in there. And he takes out the ping pong tables and he takes out all the fun stuff and says, we're going to be serious. We're about business here. And then when that dries up and you know, people rebel because he's too hard and he's too mean. Then you get a player, uh, a player's coach, and all the guys rally around him and they love him. And it's just this big cycle, right? Things get too relaxed, and so you need a hard head to come in and, and tighten it up. And then when things get a little too, you know, they he, he loses the locker room because he's not friendly enough. Then you go get the nice guy and they buy in. And it's just this constant cycle. But in Miami, it was the players that decided we need to be about business. There's too much goofing around. There's too much messing around here. We need to be serious. Somebody's got to step up and do it in Green Bay. I don't know if it's going to be the coaches or the players or what, but somebody has to be a strong voice in that room saying this is not enough. You know, I remember Devon, and and part of the reason I I say this stuff is because they've made comments about it before. I'm not making it up that guys don't care or guys go out and have fun or whatever. Again, the whole California thing in 2019, 2020 or whatever, that was known. But even Devontae made comments about, you know, guys are celebrating and, and, and you know, having a good time after, you know, winning the NFC North or once we get into the playoffs. And he was upset about it. Like, it, it's it's not fun to me anymore, you know, winning the division or, or, you know, traveling somewhere in the playoffs and having a good time. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I want to come here and I want to win. I want to celebrate something more. I want to celebrate winning a Super Bowl, not getting to the playoffs. But it's a bunch of young guys that are just all jacked up and excited. We're a good team, blah, blah, blah. Going out to Tampa, doing whatever, playing here, playing there. It's a big party. And his frustration is guys aren't serious enough. Like, I I, I really want to win this. Who's going to be that guy? It's not Rodgers. You know, one of the problems we had in 2018 was the, 
lack of leadership in the locker room. I, I remember being stunned to find out we didn't have an outside linebackers coach. We didn't have one. And there was no leadership among outside linebackers. Clay and, and, and Perry, they were, they were old, crusty vets. They kind of just went about their business. And you had Ha Ha Clinton Dix even making, making comments like you, you got young guys that come in here and don't care and they don't put in the work. And then you got old guys that show up and they're just here to collect a paycheck. They don't care. This was 2018 and it was real then and it's real now. Who's the guy? Who's the guy that's going to Is it Rodgers? Is he the lead by example guy? He's over there talking about positive affirmations and words and all that. Dude, screw your words. You can't just speak victory into existence. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. You got to put in a little effort. Remember that whole thing when Rodgers had his resurgence and he said he went back and saw something on the film and it was, it was the way he was using his legs and he realized he needed to get stronger and he started doing squats? He didn't look at his thighs and start saying positive, nice words to his thighs. He put weight on his shoulders and started squatting. We don't need nice words. We don't need, you know, hollowed out pep talks and we believe in each other and we believe in ourselves and we're going to get it turned around and R-E-L-A-X and all that BS enough. Study, train, work. I'm sorry, you're not good enough to just sit back and expect winning to just show up. You've got real stuff to overcome here. And Matt LaFleur can't mandate now that we've got such a heavily unionized situation where you're not allowed to tell these guys to do anything. He can't mandate, hey, we're putting in extra hours. You guys suck. We're putting in a four-hour practice. We're doing two practices today. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do anything with your players anymore. I'm sure he's not even allowed to tell them that, that it's required in terms of you're required to do this if it's not in their contract. Plus, there's, there's rules of what, how much, I'm sure, work you're allowed to do and everything else. Uh, I don't know. But for whatever reason, they're not playing for Matt LaFleur. They're not playing for themselves. They're not playing for anything. You know, somebody made a comment that I didn't really even think about. I think it was Aaron on Twitter. Something to the effect of, if this team isn't willing to come back and win after a crying Randall Cobb got carted off the field, this team just doesn't have a pulse. Improvising a little bit on what the tweet said, but but really think about that. How many times have we had these fairy tale stories of Rogers coming back out of the locker room injured, or after a big hit, or somebody goes out and we they they rally for him, they play for him. Randall Cobb got a very serious injury. Aaron Rodgers may be best friend in the world. He's crying as he's being carted off the field. That could have been a galvanizing moment where they got together and said, "Let's do it for Cobb." They couldn't get a first down. They don't care in Lambeau Field. Don't care. After a loss, don't care. The, the throwback uniforms, don't care. All the little stupid things that always were like guaranteed wins and this, that, 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 that. It's a bad football team at home after a, after a loss. Defense is playing lights out the entire first half, first three quarters, whatever it was. Nobody cares. Can't do anything. Can't get it for We started the game. Look how we started the game. When you start the game, we're talking scripted plays. This is stuff you've practiced. You know exactly what's going to happen all the way down the field. There should be no mistakes, no errors, no nothing. This is your best opportunity to go down and get points. But we had A.J. Dillon, for whatever reason, first play of the game, The first of all, obviously the hole that he was supposed to run through collapsed instantly. But he had wide open space to his left, and he decides to run to his right where there's nothing but Jets defenders. No idea why that was his decision, but that was his decision. Next play, Rodgers tries to force feed it, feed it to Alan Lazar. He's giving a guy a piggyback for whatever reason. They don't throw a flag on that because I guess you're allowed to just start riding a dude's back. And then the third play, Rodgers just throws a horrific pass and they go three and out. That's how we started the game. 
You've had all week to prepare, to get motivated. You've been telling everybody that it's about to come. Here it comes. We're getting it ready. We're doing this. The crowd is there. You're at home. It's, it's fall weather. It's getting cold outside. It's rip-roar. I mean, it's loud, and it's, you know, you just got introduced, and the fireworks, and the whole nine yards, and that's what you start the game with? And it never changed. It never got better. Not once. The only, again, the only halfway impressive drive of the game We were aided by two penalties. We should have been off the field a long time ago, but we got a a free penalty. Then we should have been off the field again. We got another penalty. Then Rodgers decides to force feed Alan Lazard on a back shoulder throw at the end in the corner of the end zone, which I think is our only scoring play at this point. It's the only thing we can do to get touchdown. As long as it's working great, let's just keep throwing back shoulder. Maybe that's all we should do down the field, just period. But that's how we got our one touchdown. But otherwise, it it I I, you know I was talking to, to Blaine after the game and Maybe I'm just not remembering 2018 for what it was, but I don't remember it being this bad. I mean, the defense, I think, is better. I'm still going to cut them some slack. And I know the lack of motivation was there in 2018. It was a very serious thing. There was, there was no energy. There was no anything. There was no passion, and it was hard to see that. Again, they'd, I kept saying it at the time, but they scored a touchdown, and they just walked to the sideline. There's no high-fiving, no celebrating, no cheering. Never seen anything like that in my life in 2018. But the complete lack of any cohesion or any ability to even get a first down I don't remember watching games in 2018 and it being that bad, where every single thing is just wrong. And we're to the point now, too, where anytime something good happens, I know a penalty's coming, and about at least 50% of the time I'm right. They cannot stop getting penalties. The penalties, the turnovers, the, the drop passes, the fumbles, the everything, the holding, the lack of blocking. and, and it, I'm talking in circles here, but again, it's, it's not, in my opinion, it is not a lack of talent. It's a lack of effort. It's, it's a lack of care. It's a lack of heart. These guys are not showing up to play. And, and, and I think the defense is a perfect example of that. It wasn't a new team in the second half. It's the same guys. You know what the difference was? Passion. The first half, that's a fired up and motivated Joe Barry, Jair, Rashawn, whatever defense. And look how great it is. Second half, they gave up. And I don't blame them for a second. They lost their passion and their drive, and look how big of a difference that makes. The offense doesn't have it. They're not fighting for anything. They're not fighting for anyone. They don't believe in the offense. They don't believe in themselves. They don't believe in each other. Aaron Rodgers doesn't believe in the offensive line. The running backs don't believe in the offensive line. Again, A.J. Dillon, he refuses to run through whatever hole. As soon as he sees a little glimmer of anything, he bails. He doesn't trust them. Rodgers, same thing. He bails instantly. He doesn't trust his offensive line. The offensive linemen don't trust each other. They don't know what they're doing. They can't, you know, they can't talk to each other, communicate. The receivers don't trust themselves. They can't catch a ball. They certainly don't trust Rodgers, which makes sense because those passes, even the ones that are completed, they're all behind them. Either either it's thrown behind them, which is another really frustrating thing. There's opportunities when our guys actually get open because they're playing man. And if you beat a guy in man, and if you catch the ball in stride, you can continue running because that's just how that works. But the amount of throws that Rodgers throws that are either behind him so that he has to slow down and then get caught and hit, which most of those pass breakups, that was the issue. If you throw it out and away, it's not going to get broken up. Full credit to the, to the Jets DBs. They did a great job getting their hands in and punching balls out and ripping them out and everything. Some of those passes were pretty decent. Just a great job by the DBs. But far too often, it's thrown behind or just thrown down in the dirt where the receiver's only option is to drop to the ground, catch it, and just lay there. I, I really believe that what we saw on the defense is a perfect illustration of the point I'm trying to get across. You know, we keep hearing about a game of inches, and it is. 
you know, even the offensive plays that are that are not successes, every single thing is just it's inches. It's you know if your hand is a little bit over here, or if you just threw it a little bit this way or that way or whatever. You start talking about heart and motivation and drive, how that impacts the balance of those inches, success or failure. You saw it on the defense when they're playing at 100%, when they're motivated, when they're, when they're fired up. And I don't know that that's going to happen again because the big motivation for the defense was all the changes, and they were excited, and it worked. It worked. What happens next week? Are they going to come out motivated again? Why? Number one, they don't believe in their offense. Number two, they don't believe in their team. Number three, they don't believe in their coach. And number four, they don't believe in themselves. Because why should they? Look at what the score was. You gave up 27 points, although that's not really fair. You, you know, you, you collapsed in the end and everybody's talking down to you and you guys don't trust each other and you're mad. Da, da, da. There's no reason to believe they're going to be able to maintain that because in, in, on some level that stuff is fake. You know, all that motivation that the Lions have and that the Giants have and all that, it's all fake nonsense. But you believe it. And so long as it happens, you keep believing it and you keep playing at a really high level. How many times are the, are, are the Packers defenders going to keep lying to themselves and making up this narrative about how elite we are and how great we are and all this stuff, especially if it doesn't matter anyways, because unless you hold them to zero points, you're going to lose. And so when the defense starts losing this motivation, the defense stops lo- it loses its edge and it stops playing like we saw in the first half. And that's what makes this so painful. I, I, I wish we didn't have so much talent because then we could get excited about rebuilding. We can get excited about adding talent. Wh- where are we going to add talent? Do you really believe we're going to go find a quarterback that's better than Rodgers? I don't. I don't think we will. That's just not how that works. You don't just go get a rookie and they're just better than the two-time MVP. And I know he's struggling and some of the passes aren't perfect, but you got to also take away the stuff that he does do well, like everything he's doing at the line of scrimmage. You think we're going to go get better tackles? Doubt it. There, there are very few offensive line positions that we're going to go out and, and pick at that are just going to be automatic upgrades not to mention it's just going to be one of five even if you go out and get an elite tackle and you kick Elton inside fine doesn't change the fact that I don't know if Elton Jenkins is going to be a good guard at this point that Josh Myers can't block and that John Runyon is a joke as a run blocker what are you going to do you're going to draft draft what I mean wide receiver is the only clear upgrade but even that is how do you know we just drafted two Romeo Dobbs was supposed to be the next coming of Greg Jennings we just got Christian Watson he can't get on the field how do you know that's not going to happen next year well, we draft a wide receiver, and then what? Then he doesn't play? That's going to fix everything? How? What are you going to do, draft a running back? We already got that. We already got offensive line, Pro Bowl offensive line, MVP quarterback, Pro Bowl running backs. What, another defensive tackle? We already did that. He's not even playing. We already have Kenny Clark. We already went out and got Jaron Reed. Well, yeah, I mean, just do it right this time. Yeah, well, that's not how that works. You don't just get to choose, well, the last time you did it wrong, this time do it right. That's not how that works. What, are you going to upgrade the pass rushers? I doubt it. What, are you going to go get another linebacker? Are you going to upgrade Adrian Amos? Maybe you can upgrade Savage. Maybe. There's no going up from here from a talent standpoint. It all goes down. Rodgers is going to leave, and we're going to get worse. And Amos is going to leave, and we're going to get worse. And Devondre Campbell's going to leave, and we're going to get worse. And Razul Douglas is going to leave, and we're going to get worse. And Lazard is going to leave, and Randall Cobb is going to leave. All these guys are leaving in the next year or two. Rodgers is leaving. This is the peak for us. Do you understand that? And all we're going to do in our rebuild is try to get back to the same talent level, but to what end? That's the hurt. That's the hard part about this. What is the point? We rebuild everything that we lost so that what? We can underachieve? I don't want to sit here and call for Matt LaFleur's head. I don't. 
That sounds like such a wild overreaction, but what else can I con- what what else can I conclude from this? It, it makes me sick to my stomach to sit here and say that Michael Lombardi was right all this all this time about Matt Lafleur that he's not a good head coach and everybody knows he's a joke and that his record is is just because he's being carried by the likes of Aaron Rodgers. Even if that last part isn't entirely true, maybe it is. I don't know. You know, the Jets in their first year they they were not very good under Robert Sala and and, and Lafleur, but in year two. Look at look at how they're playing. Look at how the Giants are playing under under uh, Dayball. They believe and they play above their abilities. Neither of those teams has better rosters than us, and they beat us. I mean, the Eagles are undefeated. I don't know what the score is of the game now, but is it because they have a perfect roster? Of course they don't. They don't have safeties. I mean, their, their defensive linemen are, are. I mean, they still got Fletcher Cox. The dude has been around forever. He hasn't been like a, a dominant player since, what, 2019. Their best pass rusher they've got here, he ranks 21st, Hassan Reddick, who's been a castaway inside linebacker, never done anything in his life, but he's got a 79 overall grade, which is fine, I guess. Highest graded corner is a 76. There's no elite, there's not a single elite player. The 79.8 overall grade is the highest grade on this entire defense. The highest grade on the entire offense, well, they do have A.J. Brown, with a 85.6. Otherwise, you got some, you know, even Kelsey at 80.5 is low for him. Kelsey's always higher than that. But, I mean, they've got a bunch of bad players. Their their number three wide receiver, um, Quez Watkins, has a 53 overall grade, ranked 103rd out of 110. The left guard ranks 32nd out of 76 with a 62 overall grade. The right guard, 67 overall grade. Sanders, the running back, has a 66 overall grade. Defensive tackle, 62-62. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, 49. But they're undefeated. Kansas City Chiefs, left tackle, 61. Right guard, 65. Right tackle, 63. Juju Smith-Schuster, 60. Hardman, 63. Their wide receiver grades, 60-63-63. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 68. Defense, give me a break, 55, 48, 39, 50, 54, 57. I'm reading the starters' grades. They dominate because of Andy Reid. They don't have the talent that we have, but these guys play above their abilities. And you can go down the line, and and generally speaking, the really bad teams have really bad rosters. You know, the Cardinals are struggling. Oh, what's going on with the Cardinals? Probably they suck. I mean, they're not good football players. The fact that they were so good in the past, I, I even said, I don't understand all the hype about the Cardinals. They don't have good players, but they, they won a bunch of games. But the offensive line, they, 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 you know, they got one good player. Hollywood Brown is their, their one good wide receiver, and he's never been that good, and he's not this year. The other two wide receivers are a joke. They don't, what, Eno Benjamin? Eno Benjamin, seventh-round pick, is their running back. Kyler Murray is, is ranked 16th. On the defensive side of the ball, the, 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 they have three guys in the 70s, and that's it. Otherwise, it's one of their starting corners is ranked 99th. The other one is ranked 36th with a 67 overall grade. I mean, it's, we shouldn't be in the same company as these guys. All I can think at this point is there is a very strong possibility that there is a real hard reboot after this year. I don't think Rodgers comes back because why would he? I mean, I, I thought it was a very high probability that he leaves anyways. But if the team's going to play like this, why would he? And on top of that, why would the Packers want him back? 
considering the way he's playing, considering we need to move on in a new direction, it doesn't make sense to keep him around. We need to actually move in a new direction. But at this point, I don't, and, and I never in a million years would have ever thought, no matter what happened, that I would have this position. But I don't know how we move forward with Matt LaFleur at this point. Because otherwise, we're just rebuilding what we already have. That doesn't work. In order to move in, a absolute, in an actual new direction, you actually have to go in a new direction. You have to squeeze the talent out of the guys that we have. And there's so much being left on the field. Or off the field, I guess. Now, I'm, I'm not putting a firm stamp on it like this can't change. Fine. But, but this is where I stand right now today. And until something changes, which I don't expect because, you know, again, when you look back, you can see it. Despite the 13 wins, the lack of preparation at times, the, the complete collapses. You know, again, the, the whole, well, we don't play in the, in the preseason and that's why we get blown out week one. That's a lame excuse for getting beat that bad for getting embarrassed by the Vikings, for getting embarrassed by the Saints. We're going we're gonna to blame that on, on, what, 10 preseason snaps for Aaron Rodgers? Give me a break. They're not prepared, and they should be. That's not an excuse. And again, the Vikings didn't play their guys in the, in the preseason either, but they were ready with a brand new coach that's never been a coach in the NFL before, or, you know, a, a brand new head coach. First game in his first season, and he beats the Packers. His guys, as, as, as sloppy as it might have been, they were ready to play. These guys' first year in the scheme, first year for, the, for this offense, a lot of them have been running the same offense and the same defense for years. Now they got a brand new offense and a brand new defense, first-year head coach, all this stuff. They showed up. They were ready to go week one. We weren't. We're not ready week one. We're not ready when we travel. Our guys aren't prepared when we travel. We don't play well. After a bye, we don't play well. In the playoffs, we don't play well. It doesn't matter. We're basically maxed out. How much more talent can you squeeze on a team? So again, yeah, you want to go get Odell Beckham, fine. What's that going to fix? What's that going to fix if we're making simple mistakes? If we don't know basic blocking assignments on special teams and on offense, when you got Quay Walker with a giant gaping hole right in front of your face and a running back right there that you can run through the hole and go, go just stick the guy, for some reason you feel the need to run past the hole. I don't, I don't understand. Basic stuff. And we, we get away from all the, the, the heavy zone and start playing man so that we can't get confused with the zone, which we shouldn't to, to begin with. We should be able to run Joe Barry's scheme and execute it properly, but we can't. So we start doing this. Fine, great. But we still can't do basic stuff. There was a play I saw early on. You could tell that Jair and, and another guy were confused, and Jair started pointing and clapping and doing all this stuff. And as soon as that ball snapped, I saw Jair and that guy run in the same direction after the same guy while the other guy came free. And I just thought, yep, I saw that coming. Sure enough, Zach Wilson saw it, threw it to the guy wide open. How do our guys not know that right now? How, how do we not know basic stuff like that? This is year two. This isn't year one in a new defensive system. This is year two. And you've, you not only played it all year last year, you had the entire offseason to, to learn it and understand it and perfect it. Then you had the entire training camp to understand it and learn it, perfect it. And now we're we, basic passing off assignments. We don't know what we're supposed to do. I don't get it. But we are the most underachieving team in football. And that falls on one guy. And that's the guy whose job it is to get these guys ready to play. Because they're not ready to play. First freaking drive of the game, and they don't know what they're doing. Again, he's a great play caller. I think he'd make a, a real good offensive coordinator. I know Tennessee was a disaster, but it was year one. Quarterback was injured, everything else. I mean, he, he, I think he'd be a great offensive coordinator, but he's not. There's more to being a head coach than being a, a play caller. And that's what's lacking. 
the leadership, the preparation, getting these guys to buy in and to be prepared and to be ready and to be motivated and fired up, to have that fire in their belly to, to bounce back when things go bad. We don't have that. And again, I'm, I'm giving the defense a pass just because we need something. But the fact that they're so quick to give up, you know, we get one good half from them and then the second half we're losing and they're, they're a little tired and they're, they're annoyed with the offense and it starts to break down and you see the tackles and the, the lack of aggression and the, the, the breakdowns of communication and everything else and they start getting sloppy. And then it just, the dam breaks wide open. And instead of this game being close and competitive, we got blown out by the freaking Jets. And I'll tell you right now, I'm already going to be annoyed with all the comments about, man, the Jets are for real. Because I don't want those excuses either. Look how good the Giants are. Look how good the Jets are. They're real good. Even, I'll tell you what, Greg Olson was the worst announcer I've ever heard in my life. Everything he said was nails on the chalkboard. The guy drove me nuts. But even he was talking about, you know, they haven't faced anybody yet, but this is the real test. This is, no, I'm sorry. This is not the real test. At some point later in the season, you'll have a real test. This ain't it. This, this version of, of Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, all that stuff, if you think this is a real test, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. This is an inept offense. Inept. Passing, running, blocking. Inept. So, anyways, that's pretty much, you know, just be talking in circles to add to that. But the, the, the problem is I, I really feel like this is going to spiral. This does not go up from here. It goes down from here because... Again, a lot of the the talk and everything, the belief is all just kind of lying to yourself and, and hoping that something clicks along the way. But when you when you convince yourself and you hear your leader Aaron Rodgers say we're close and we're about to do this and the defense is about to do this and that and and you lose, I mean, this is one of the more embarrassing losses the Packers have had. You know, at least getting blown out by the New Orleans Saints was the New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, at this point, the the level of of being demoralized, you know. I watched the video just now of Al Nazard smacking the cheese helmet or cheese hat off of Sauce Gardner. And, you know, I mean, they're just being mocked. You know, they came into Green Bay. They're doing Lambo leaps. I heard the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets chant loud as clear. Like it was screaming loud on one of the kickoffs. They came into our stadium. We're making more noise, doing Lambo leaps. We didn't get to do one. Maybe, maybe Lazard, I, I don't know. I don't know if they cared enough at that point to do a Lambo leap, but they're doing Lambo leaps in our stadium. Actually, I do remember him doing the Lambo leap because he looked really disappointed because it was a flag thrown and he thought maybe he was coming back. But it's just demoralizing. And then you got them parading around in cheese hats, just mocking, mocking the fans, mocking the team. And you know he smacked it off, and it, it, Packer fans are all excited about it, like, yeah, you show them. But it's it's just that's just frustration. And at some point, there's nothing else the coaches can do. What else can you say that's going to, well, this time, this time we're going to be really good, guys. I, this time we got a plan. This time, boy, oh boy, the players weren't buying in before. Why would they be now? The players aren't showing up ready to play before. Why would they do it now? And I, you know, I, I, I hate to even put it on Matt because at the end of the day, it's the player's fault. It's a lack of execution, but it is his job to make sure they're ready. And whether it's his inability to teach properly and get them up to speed on what they're supposed to be doing or his inability to motivate them to play hard, one way or another, it falls on him. And I just don't see a path to this team being successful with Matt LaFleur as the head coach. And, you know, I just don't. That's the thing that's missing. We have the talent. We, you know, it, it's so rare to see this, this, this accumulation of talent. And we've had it from 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. There's more than enough talent to win and be successful. And it's just been wasted. 
it's just been wasted. And even even all these years, you know, I've been kind of ignoring some of the red flags, like the um, like point differential. You know, when you beat a team, how bad do you beat them? We've we've always had pretty low point differentials, and and even the you know, if you look at things like DVOA and everything, they've never really been where they should be. You know, offensively, they're not the number one team. They're not number three. I'll, and twenty what twenty twenty, I think they're the number one offense, but they've never really been what they should have been. Aside from our 2020 offense, I'm not saying they, they should be number one, but, you know, the opportunity to be top five in offense and defense has just been sitting there. And then again, what, what does it matter? Because no matter how good you are, no matter how good that offense was or defense is or anything, when crunch time comes and you're up against the top opponents, your guys aren't ready. They're not motivated. They, they fall apart. They crumble. So what, so what are we actually waiting for? What are we actually looking forward to? They get it turned around, and then what? What does even what does that even mean? Getting it turned around, we beat Washington and lose to the Bills, or what? We beat Washington in convincing fashion and lose to the Bills. Who knows? Maybe we get it turned around so good that we win the majority of the games going forward. But then what? What happens? When we get to the playoffs. They suddenly going to find motivation, prepar- They're going to be prepared, disciplined, all that. I don't think so. We haven't seen it up to this point. Such a waste. And you know, keep hearing all these years talking about wasting Aaron Rodgers' talent and everything else and never massively bought into it. He's had great offensive lines and great, you know, not necessarily great defense, but man, Gutekunst comes in, just stacks the defense, just stacks it. And we tried everything we could to keep Devontae. I mean, that that, that was the thing. I mean, we Gutekunst tried as hard as he could to keep this massive pile of talent together and not let it fall apart. And Devontae just refused and said, I'm leaving. We offered him more money. He said, no, I'm just, I'm not staying. Try to stem the tide and go get some players on at wide receiver. Christian Watson's been hurt the whole time. He's not up to speed. Romeo Dobbs doing the best he can, but you know, it's just it just it's imploding. The offensive line's going backwards. Rodgers, again, he started off the season great, but he's just been going backwards ever since. The accuracy is going down. The decision making is going backwards. Everything's going backwards. The offensive line is getting worse. I mean, they should be getting better as the season goes on. The run this is one of the worst run game performances I've seen just from a blocking, but also just a running standpoint. I don't think we have the ability to fix it. And again, the, the timing is just off, you know? I mean, just like when we replaced Mike Pettin with Joe Barry, it's like, well, by the time that gets going, now we lost Avante. And by the time, you know, maybe we do move on from Matt LaFleur and hope that, you know, what if we get a really good coach? How much of the talent is, is still here? And again, I'm, th- this is my assessment. Let's just play with it and pretend that I'm right. If we move on after this year, Right, and so next year we're we're all fired up. Well, who's here to be fired up? Who is it? Is Lazard here? Is Cobb here? Is Amari Rogers here? I'm assuming Bakhtiari stays for a little longer. Is Rogers here? Is Aaron Jones here? Is Mercedes Lewis here? Is Tunyon here? Dean, Reed, Jaron Reed. Is Preston? Well, Preston will still be here. Is Devondre Campbell still here? Is Adrian Amos still here? Is Darnell Savage still here? Is Razul still here? Is Mason Crosby still here? Pat O'Donnell? How many of these guys are still here? So, so you, you find the, the coach and everything's all great, and then what? Half your core guys are gone, and so now you got all these young guys that are floating around, being captained by Jordan Love, and you know when that thing starts going sideways and everybody starts losing faith in, in Jordan Love and everything else, you know, it was like, well, maybe that wasn't the problem, and maybe da 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 I don't know. I'm getting kind of into the weeds. I'm just saying that the, the, the most disappointing thing is I don't see a clear path to fixing the issues. 
most teams, if you're not a good enough team, it's because you don't have enough good players for the most part. Again, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is unfair. Maybe it is something else. I don't know. But I, I just I don't know what else to conclude. I don't know what else to say. It's just it's such a disorganized group. So I think I've said all I've got to say. Didn't even bother going over the stats or anything because who cares? Um, I'm sure there's some interesting. Every time I don't do the stats, I go back and look at it and I'm like, holy cow, that's shocking. But we'll deal with that some other time. And then we get the joys of looking forward to another game and saying the exact same thing we said the last two weeks. I don't know why we should feel good about it, but it's Washington. We should beat them. We'll see what happens. And then uh, I don't know. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.